the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. At Go Pest Free. The following program is sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Today on Know the Truth from Philip DeCourcy. John is trying to remind you and I not to let the sight of a baby in a manger lying on straw in a smelly stable in a hicky little town called Bethlehem fool you. He who is the prince is now the pauper. Come, let us adore him because this is the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. The incarnation should strike wonder in each one of us, but sometimes familiarity can cause the wonder to fade. Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy opens God's Word and gives us a new look at Christmas that will rekindle the joy you once felt at the thought of the virgin birth. Today's text is in the Gospel of John and the poem that begins the book in chapter 1. Philip DeCourcy starts the message off with a story. years back, my daughter and Angela and myself enjoyed a couple of days in New York. We had actually gone there to catch up with my other daughter, Laura, who was on tour with the Gettys, and they were playing at Carnegie Hall. And so we got to enjoy a Getty concert at Carnegie Hall. But while we were there, we got a double scoop of entertainment and enjoyment because a friend of ours who lives part of the year in New York got us tickets for Les Miserables. And we went to Broadway and watched that wonderful show. In fact, this particular friend of mine, a man who had a friend who was a cast member in the performance. And so not only did we get to see the performance, which was something in and of itself, at the end of the performance, Angela and I went out to the side of the theater, and this cast member came and greeted us with our friend, and we got inside. We got backstage passes, and after the performance was done, this cast member just told us about the play, the performance, and we saw all that goes on behind the scenes. Very insightful, very, very, very interesting. Kind of added to the experience. We got to see not only the foreground, but the background. Got a complete picture. Got a new perspective. And as we come to John chapter 1, John takes us backstage to Bethlehem. He gives us a new perspective on the Christmas story, or as I've entitled the sermon, he gives us a new look at Christmas. He wants us to have a theology of Christmas. He wants us to have a Christian Christmas, where Christ is dead center of our celebration and commemoration. In fact, this was brought home to me in a comment made by an English pastor by the name of Tim Chester. In a book, The One True Light, he says this, John's version of the Christmas story is not the Christmas story we've come to expect. There's no stable, no donkey, no star. 
There are no angels, no shepherds, and no wise men. Even Mary and Joseph don't get a look in. Instead, the focus is entirely on Jesus, the God who became man. This is Christmas stripped bare, and all that's left is Jesus. That's quite a statement. That's worth pondering. When you come to John's gospel, when you come to the beginning of his gospel, no stars, no singing angels, no stable, no shepherds. Even Joseph and Mary are conspicuously absent. It's Christmas stripped bare. It's Christmas retold theologically. It's a backstage to Bethlehem where we get to see that the one line in the manger wrapped in swaddling clothes is none other than the Word who was with God and was God and nothing was made that He didn't make, yet He Himself was made flesh. He wants us to ponder that. He wants us to regain the wonder of the season and the wonder of its significance. So let's come to John chapter 1. Let's take a new look at Christmas. And there's three things that I think the text presents to us. Number one, the Word. Number two, the witness. And number three, the welcome. The Word, the witness, the welcome. Let's jump right in. The Word. John speaks about the Word in verses 1 through 5 and in verses 14 through 18. See, the interesting thing about John's gospel, John's retelling of the Christmas story is where he begins. There's no manger, no stable, no shepherds, no wise man, no Joseph, no Mary. Now, he begins his story at the beginning of creation. He takes us beyond time to a time without time. And it's all intentional because he wants to give us the story behind the Christmas story. And he wants us to know it's a big one. He wants us to appreciate the one who lies on that bed of straw. The eternal word. Born in time. The one who made all things himself made flesh. You remember the lines from that old hymn? Who is he in yonder stall? At whose feet the shepherds fall, tis the Lord, the King of glory. Tis the Lord, a wondrous story. At his feet we humbly fall and crown him, crown him, Lord of all. That's what John wants us to get. You understand who lies in yonder stall? Tis the Lord, the King of glory. Or as one other carol hymn writer would put it, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Heal incarnate deity. John gives us a theology of Christmas, a new look at Christmas. He wants us to have a spiritual Christmas, not a sentimental Christmas. Now, as we come to consider the word introduced here by John in the prologue to his gospel, there are several big things that he tells us about the word. Number one, the word has eternally existed. Look at verse one. In the beginning was the word. The word was in the beginning. In fact, the construction of the Greek is always was. The idea of continuance. The beginning of creation was not the genesis of the one who made all creation. And so the point is here that the Lord Jesus Christ already existed before anything existed. In fact, he's the cause of all that exists. He was at the beginning. In fact, he is the beginning. Revelation 1.8, right? 
Who's Jesus Christ, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end? We need to get a new look at Christmas and look at who Jesus is. He's the Word that has eternally existed. Christ was uncreated. Christ was uncaused. Secondly, the Word has eternally existed with God. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning, the Word always was. And the Word was with God, literally toward. A.T. Robertson, the great Southern Baptist linguist, said you could translate it face to face. In the beginning, the Word always was. And the Word who always was, was always face to face with God. This is the one who lies in the manger. Oh, the wonder of it all. This speaks of intimacy with the Father. This speaks of communion within the Trinity. We believe in one God existing in three persons. One what? Three who's. Father, Son, Spirit. Co-equal, co-essential, co-eternal. Jesus Christ is the eternal Word. Jesus Christ is the Son, the second person within the Trinity. And look at verse 18. He existed in the bosom of the Father. That's an endearing term. That speaks of intimacy and love between Son and Father. Several big things here about the Word. The Word has existed eternally. The Word has eternally existed with God. The Word has eternally existed as God. John isn't done. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you wanted to translate that from the Greek, the word God is actually before the word Word. The Greek reads, God was the Word. The Word who was with God was God, the Word. And here we have a confession of Jesus' deity. This book begins with a confession of Jesus' deity and divinity. This book will end with Thomas saying to Jesus Christ, my Lord and my God. In fact, let me reinforce this idea of Jesus' deity. Look at the wording of verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Does that kind of have an echo? Does that ring a bell? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John purposefully writes, with language akin to Genesis 1, verse 1. And if you read about Genesis 1, we read that God says and speaks the creation into existence ten times. The Word of God brings about the creation. But here's the point I want us to get. John places Jesus where you expect to find God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, because the Word was God, God the Word. And so here we have this wonderful confession of Jesus' daddy. Here we have a high Christology. Come, let us adore Him, because this is the eternal Word. This is the Son of the living God, the one who was at the beginning, but He existed before the beginning, because He is the beginning of all living things. He was face to face with the Father. He is God Himself, and He has come in flesh. John, I think, here is beginning to address the inroads of early Gnosticism. Early Gnosticism taught that the Lord Jesus Christ was an emanation from God, a kind of spiritual avatar, a mediator, a created being, a divine being, but not God Himself. One created by God to be His agent, 
And John is saying no. He was face to face with the Father. He was in the bosom with the Father. He created all things, but he himself is uncreated because he was with God and he was God. And John is trying to remind you and I not to let the sight of a baby in a manger lying on straw in a smelly stable in a hicky little town called Bethlehem fool you because that scene has God in human form at the center of it. Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. In fact, to quote Tim Chester again in his book, he told an interesting story. I don't know if you know who the original Santa Claus was. Let me tell you who he was. He was a man by the name of St. Nicholas. He was a bishop in the early church, and he attended the Council of Nicaea in A.D. 325. And that council was brought about to declare that Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man because there were those who were denying Jesus' deity. They acknowledged his humanity, but they denied his deity. They didn't agree that he was uncreated and uncaused. They believed he was created and was the agent of creation. And the man who spouted that was a man by the name of Arius, and his descendants today are the Jehovah Witnesses. And at that council, he stands up and he denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? St. Nicholas was listening quietly to first Santa Claus. And he's listening to the arguments of Arius. And he put up with it for a while. And he couldn't stand it any longer. And according to the story I read, he gets up, goes across the room, and just smacks the guy right on the mouth. It's true, Bill. I don't know what we do with that. Maybe we should punch heretics at Christmas rather than exchange gifts. That's what the first Santa Claus did. Now, I'm not sure we want to go that far, but the point is this. St. Nicholas stood up and said, you're not going to strip my Lord Jesus of his deity. You're not going to demote him to a creature. No, the one who came that first Christmas was in the beginning with God, and he was God. He had no beginning, and nothing was made that he didn't make. And you're not going to unmake him. I trust as we take a new look at Christmas that you and I will commit ourselves afresh as a church to have a robust, wonderful, glorious doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ and be unashamed of Him and the claims of the Gospels that we read and we believe. Here's another thing we learn about the Word. The Word who has eternally existed with and as God brought all things into existence. Look at verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. It's an amazing statement. Look at verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. The Word, who has eternally existed with God and as God, is the agent of creation. Go back to Genesis 1. And you'll see that God spoke the worlds into existence. The phrase God said is there ten times. The world was created by God, but John is telling us through the agency of the Word, Jesus Christ the Son. You want an explanation of creation? It doesn't lie in physics. It lies in a person. The Lord Jesus Christ. Paul bears that up doesn't he? Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Paul will remind us of that which John speaks here. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. 
All things find their center. All things find their cohesion. Read the writings of men like Stephen Hawkins and they'll tell you the eventual goal of science is to provide a single theory that describes the whole universe. Folks, look no further. Jesus Christ is the singular theory presented in the Word of God that explains the whole universe. That's why we have a sun-centered world as Christians. Not S-U-N-S-O-N. A sun-centered universe. In Him all things cohere, consist. All things find their center. But here's one other thing that brings us to the heart of this passage. The Word who has eternally existed was born in time. And the Word who made all things was made flesh. That's amazing, isn't it? Verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's the staggering, surprising centerpiece of this passage. The reality that the eternal God was born in time. That He who is the source of life itself hangs on the breast of a teenage mother. He who was the Creator has took to Himself creatureliness. He who was the Sovereign is now the servant. He who is the Prince is now the pauper. It's amazing. God has added to His deity humanity. This is a new look at Christmas. This is Christmas retold theologically. This is Christmas stripped bare, where all you've left is Jesus. But He's enough to capture our attention. He's the Word who spoke the worlds into existence, who has always existed, who was face to face with the Father, who was worshipped by angels, who was God himself. But as Paul will say, he didn't hold on to that all. He didn't grasp that. But he made himself of no reputation, took on the likeness of man, came in the form of a servant. That's amazing. Jesus Christ became something he never was, a man. But I need to say this, he never ceased to be what he always was. See, when we talk about the Lord Jesus, we're talking about one person with two natures. He's unique. He's God and he's man. He's not half God and half man. He's not all God and no man, all man and no God. He's God and man. He's the God-man. One person, two natures, and we need to marvel at it. We need to worship in the light of it. Jesus Christ added humanity to his deity. By the way, forever. He carried our humanity to the heights of the throne. There's a man in heaven today who's God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's a wonderful high priest, who's touched with the feelings of our weakness because he himself added our weakness to his omnipotence. And he's a wonderful representative for us before the face of God. Jesus, the word, didn't commit divine suicide when he was made flesh. But the marvel of it is that he who brought all things into existence became a two-celled human being in the belly of a teenage girl. It's an amazing statement. In fact, words kind of don't communicate it well enough. But I came across this quote by Peter Lewis, a pastor in England, who I think makes a good stab at trying to kind of summarize what we're talking about here. 
what no Gentile philosopher would have believed and what no Jewish theologian would have conceived, God did. The Word became flesh. The highest being became a lowly creature. The source of life became a dying man. The ultimate fact became a commonplace feature. While philosophers and mystics were seeking to escape the flesh and free themselves from the Spirit, God, who is Spirit, became flesh. It's amazing. Gives us a new look at Christmas. Reminds us of the wonder of this season. And it puts Christianity into a category all of its own. This is something that Islam denies. Islam believes that Jesus Christ was a prophet, but was not God incarnate. In fact, to call Jesus Christ God's Son is blasphemy within Islam. In Hinduism, you have many and multiple incarnations, emanations of gods from the one supreme being. In Buddhism, there's nothing close to this. Buddha did not claim to be divine. And the unique thing about him was not him. It was his teaching. But the unique thing about Christianity is him. Him who was the Word, who in the beginning was the beginning of all things. And who was face to face with the Father, who was fully God, but added to his deity, humanity, was made flesh so that someday on a cross, as Paul would say, he who knew no sin would be made sin for us so that we who are sinful might be made the righteousness of God by putting our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Christianity is in a category all of its own. In fact, I was reading a quote from a convert to Christianity from Islam this week. Listen to these words It was the fact of the incarnation which made me fall in love with Christianity. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. To a Muslim, the very idea of God becoming man is blasphemous. But it was this blasphemy that saved me from unbelief. To me, it came to be the most natural thing. It's not blasphemy, it's beautiful. That God would be in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. There's two things here we don't want to go running past. I just want to kind of drill down into some of the stuff I've been talking about. But as we look at the Word, the Word who was eternally existing before anything existed, who was face to face with the Father, who was God Himself, who became flesh, became man, took to Himself a human body, human psychology and human physiology. An amazing miracle, an amazing marvel. And he did it without dilution of who he already was. There was no corruption or compromise between him being God and him being man. One person, two natures in wonderful harmony. And Jesus Christ, the Word, came to reveal God and to redeem mankind. He came to reveal God. You're listening to Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy and a message titled, A New Look at Christmas. As December winds down, many of us are preparing our charitable giving for the year. As a faithful listener to Know the Truth, why not give to this ministry and partner with us as we share Philip's bold Bible teaching throughout the United States in 2018. This year, we had an unprecedented opportunity to purchase airtime in some major markets throughout the U.S., resulting in costs of over $300,000, but allowing us to reach nearly 200 million people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you give a generous year-end donation today, you'll help cover these costs as we fulfill the Great Commission together. Give a generous year-end gift right now before it's too late when you call 888-644-8811 or go to ktt.org. If you prefer to send a check, place it in an envelope addressed to Know the Truth, 
Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. But mail it today to ensure it's postmarked before the end of the year. When you give, we want to provide you with a resource that will help you grow in faith and stay in God's Word on a daily basis this next year. I'm talking about the ESV Daily Devotional New Testament. On each page of this thoughtful book, you'll find a passage of the New Testament, a reflective devotional, and a relevant verse from the Psalms. Give a donation and request the ESV Daily New Testament devotional when you call 888-644-8811 or just go to ktt.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to listen again Friday for part two of this message titled A New Look at Christmas. We'll see that Christmas doesn't end with Jesus in the manger or even at the cross. It continues throughout every generation as we spread the good news. Join us for this encouraging teaching right here on Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Since 1952, Our Savior Lutheran School has enriched the lives of children with the mission of building character and instilling values through a quality, Christ-centered education in a nurturing environment for students from pre-kindergarten through 8th grade. Conveniently located in Arlington, near the Pentagon, Fort Myer, and Route 50, with before and after school care, Our Savior Lutheran School would like to invite you to their open house Saturday, January 27th from 9 a.m. to noon. To learn more, visit osva.org. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.